Welcome to the Sift Spoil for Defive Bloods. We're going to get into a little more detail now. So uh, if you have not seen it, you might want to go away because we are going to be talking about uh, important hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, or post-credit sequences. Uh, die. <laughs> and that's, Close enough. That's almost true. That's almost true. So, uh, so yeah, we can jump around, whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of the characters die, which is, you know, it's, it's an important choice, Wait. I think, of the movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, me being the, the horror guy, the higher body count, the better. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I really, like... I really did like when it just started really leaning into those elements. Like this just kind of shows how weird and demented the brain of a horror fan is that I'm watching this movie. And like I said, the first half I'm getting a little bored, but then I was thinking about Chekhov's bomb or Chekhov's landmine. And I was like, I really hope somebody explodes soon. I was like, I was like, I was rooting. For, and then I saw it. They were framing him up like he was going on a speech and he was backing up. I go, oh, yeah, it's about to get. Yeah, I go, I go, it's about to happen. It's going down now. And then once it happened and oh, my gosh, like <laughs> what they showed afterwards, like with just him, no, like living for a minute. But uh, but yeah, it was it was uh, it was real juicy. <laughs> that's one way to one way to put it uh yeah i was the only part yeah. of that as far as the people dying that i that was just weird to me was the diving on the grenade um because it was one of those things where i was like did he really have to do that was there anybody else around i i don't know well I'm, that's that goes back to the foreshadowing i was talking about you remember right because in the movie he says oh i'd never jump on a grenade for you guys and then yeah. he did so but did he have to am i wrong was it nobody else was like i mean there would have been a big explosion but nobody was right there near it were they i think uh, david and the and the girl were right there and were they i thought maybe i missed it you could be right yeah that, that would make it make I'm a little pretty more sure sense they were i think they were close okay yeah yeah um yeah, because that would have been just a random choice if he was just like, yeah, saving nobody. That would have been kind of weird. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, David and uh, Hetty were right there. Yeah. I One thought thing Otis I, was right there, but I could be wrong. Could be. Could be. I'll need to go back and watch it. I just remember having that thought. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, the scene I loved is right after the, the, is the second coda of the landmine. Um, the tension in pulling his son off that landmine I thought was really well done. Oh, my well gosh. Done. Oh, uh, yes, but can I, I have a gripe about it though? Go for it. Cause I'm nip like, yes, it was a, it was a great scene for the tension and everything. And, and I was totally cool with it and it was a great scene. However, did all that tension need to be there? Like, I don't know how landmines work, but can't you, couldn't they have like, just like put a rock or a like backpack there and <laughs> then like yanked them off I and it would have like kind of been a little bit where... less climactic. I think it's one of those things where you have to keep the perfect amount of pressure on it. So them picking up his foot to put a rock on it would have triggered it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Beca- but, but, it, but the shot of it, though, his foot was only on like half of it. Like there was enough of it, to, I think. I mean, like I said, I'm not a landmine expert, so I'm not going to get caught up in the semantics here. Yeah. But like th- me the whole time, I was just like, just find a rock. But it, it was a fun scene. <laughs> 
you were just mad because you wanted more blood and guts. Admit it. You didn't. You didn't uh, want him to survive. No, <laughs> but I did kind of think he was going to lose a leg. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was. I mean, he get did. Hurt he did a lose a leg. I mean, he got, he got shot in the leg later, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm with Aaron, though. That was one of the most tense, inducing, like, freaking out scenes ever. And a lot of it has to do with, again, Delroy Lindo just, like, chewing up scenery. You could feel, like, the 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 terror and the peril like, in his voice and his eyes. Like, how he's just looking at David, his son, and he's like, Now, when I tell you, you run, you run. And it's just, ugh. It's just, I don't think this movie works as well as it does if Delroy Linder doesn't get the performance he does. I'm not saying the movie rests on his shoulders. I'm just saying that he is so good that it elevates the movie that much more. Yeah, I, 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 he, he does a really great job. There's some really interesting things with his character. What, what did you, how did you guys feel about the whole MAGA element of it? You know, with the MAGA hat and the Trump voting and, and that kind of thing. Like, uh I mean, I thought it was I thought it was an interesting build to his character um, because I mean it did kind of make him unlikable out the gate. Dare I say, um, he he was kind of unlikable, and it, it was kind of showing like you know the the juxtaposition of like you know the way that he treats you know and talks about the Vietnamese people is the way that you know a lot of white people back in america were talking about black people at times so it's like kind of this like weird juxtaposition that you know that he is has the beliefs that he has so yeah. i think it does like kind of set him up and then you know and then once you like kind of learn more and understand his pain you know it does kind of like it just makes him an even more tragic protagonist yeah I don't even know if I can call him a protagonist in this film. Oh, I think, well, I think yeah. Otis is the protagonist, or David. Uh, well, I, I guess yeah. I guess uh, I guess it would be either David or Otis. But um, and and speaking of which, again with the with like the horror in in me, man, like he was terrifying, and like especially when we transitioned to him speaking in third person, but to the oh, camera, yeah. and he's preaching, and you can't and kill Paul. Just, talk oh man i was enthralled i was like man i was like he is like he is terrifying like such a great performance wow yeah i i don't know if the maga hat was or his viewpoints i don't know if i don't know if it's a commentary on like how uh ptsd from like war and stuff can affect your your political viewpoints and like make you believe certain things i don't know if that's what spike lee was trying to say like like how uh, the war affected him and how Storm and Norman like losing him in the way he did by accidentally shooting him, which mm-hmm. but I'm not going to lie. I, I had it figured out that uh, Paul did shoot him earlier on, but I had it as an intentional thing, not as an accident. Mm. So that actually made it uh, a little bit more interesting that he, you know, he spun with the automatic M16 and accidentally got, storm and norman that way uh so i could see how that could eat somebody up you know that guilt for all those years and i don't know if spike lee's trying to make a commentary or i guess i should say danny bilson as well who co-wrote this with spike lee if that's a commentary on how that that kind of trauma would lead to certain ideological slash political beliefs i don't know 
I don't think it was like I don't think he meant it in that way as like that it was a result of it. I mean, I just think it was a you know just it was a part of his character and like it was just like the military part was just like kind of ingrained already his views mm. on certain things. I think the trauma just added onto it and that added to you know the heightenedness of it and his paranoia, but. You know, I don't think he's trying to say that, like, oh, the people, the MAGA people, it's because of this. I don't think that's it at all. I think it's just because there, you know, it was interesting during the election how there was, you know, the the groups of blacks for Trump, and most of them were military-based of some sort. So, I mean, there is that cor- correlation, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was his name? It was something Michael, I think is the very famous guy at the Trump rally who turned out to be a member mm-hmm. of a cult or something. I forget what it was. Uh, wish I could remember. Yeah, but they, they pointed him out, yeah. Yeah, they had the... I thought it was really funny because the first time I watched the movie... By the way, I watched it multiple times. The first time I watched the movie, uh, I thought that that was Paul. Like, they just superimposed Paul. I did, as too. As that guy in the background. But then I realized, oh, no, that's, that's the, a real guy. Yeah. Yeah, it it was interesting choices like that to like you said to mix kind of the the real elements uh with the fictional movie. Um but I I think overall it works. Uh here's something. Did the romance, the Vietnamese romance with the uh, Otis character um how did that play for you guys? Cuz we haven't really talked about the Vietnamese characters very much at all. Um I mean, I think I think the the romance aspect was interesting um, because it was, you know, a, a common thing that happened during the Vietnam War and uh, just like kind of showing like a, a real thing that happened. And then, you know, with the with the whole double crossing and things like that. Um, I mean, I think it served its purpose. I don't think it was like you know meant to be too important. So, I mean, I think it served its purpose enough, but I mean, I think it. I don't know. Maybe could have had a little meat on the bones. Yeah, yeah. I think I like the Vietnamese. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. I think I'm. I was. I was going to say the same thing, which is I, I really liked the that aspect of it. It it just felt a little light to me, and I I wanted the uh, father daughter thing to hit home a little more, and I just yeah. I, I I didn't have enough yeah. for it to hit home how I wanted it to. Um, because I think it really could have could have worked better uh than even it did but i again i you know it's already a a very long movie so i don't know (laughs) you know where you add it or how you do that yeah i liked a a lot of the vietnamese performances i liked uh johnny Wynn as vin tran i even liked uh van ngo who played hanno ahana Mm -hmm. you know seeing those radio broadcast it uh oh yeah 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 but uh no yeah I liked him and then uh the guy who played Quan who was I guess you could call him the gold hat equivalent you know as the bad guy in this mm-hmm. besides you know Jean Reno's character which uh no I I thought he did a really good job I, yeah they were great the uh the other part that was interesting was the quote unquote romance uh flirting stuff between the uh, Oh yeah, David and Hetty. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that worked for me. That that seemed like the right amount of focus on that because it had an element to it of there was a moral ethical element to it that needed to play in the movie about, you know, what do you do with witnesses? How do you handle that? Um, and I, so that's, that stuff worked for me overall as part of the, the plot and the story. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked it. They had, they had good chemistry together and I liked that it was like, you know, they're flirting at first and then it turned into, you know, she was just trying to get out of the situation, but then it does turn into a genuine, you know, like, you know, romance flirtation and, um, you know, and, but they didn't spend too much time on it either. They didn't like try to overdo it. So I liked it. Yeah, she, I like how she she realized eventually that David uh, is not responsible for his father. That, you know, Paul is a completely different person. And that she can't lump in the sins of the father to the son, you know? Right. Like, whenever he breaks down after he's been shot and they're in that temple, and he talks about how his father's always hated him and stuff, it, it was just so heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to mention uh, before before we kind of uh, wrap through this, the only thing I had on my list was uh, Isaiah Whitlock, right? Isn't that his name? Um, who was... Uh, who played Melvin? Yeah, he's good. He was good. And he, he played, um, obviously in The Wire, he played uh, Clay Davis. And yeah. uh, the one the one thing that, that did take me out of the movie a little bit was... Uh, when when he did one of his like catchphrases from The Wire, and I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. There was this part of me was just like that was that that seems strange to me. Did that not take you guys out of it at all? There's a lot of references to a lot of stuff in this movie. Yeah, like you're right. Eddie, you're right. Yeah. Whenever Eddie gets blown up and uh, Otis runs over to him, he just looks at Otis and he goes, "Madness, madness," which is the final words in Bridge over River Kwai. I'm like, okay, so there's that reference, and then of course the infamous badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Uh, there's just references everywhere in this movie. Oh yeah. Well, and they yeah, there was a there's a few of them. They literally played Ride of the Valkyries. Like, I mean, you know, you, you yeah. don't get much more apocalypse now than that. So da, 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 da. I uh, guess you're right. I went. Oh, go ahead. Not, oh, I was just gonna say a hot take. Can we retire Fly of the Valkyries in movies? <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. It, especially for Vietnam movies, we get it. <clears throat> yeah. Let's just uh, just less, retire all you know Creedence Clearwater revival songs in Vietnam movies. And <laughs> we'll be good. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I want to talk about um, uh, which we, we kind of hit on the aspect ratio of you know going into the past and it going back to like four three or whatever it is or one three I think, but we didn't talk about really the casting choices. You know of having everybody else besides Storm and Norman playing how they look now and at first i didn't get it i didn't understand like why they were doing it but then as the movie went on and i real and i saw uh paul's dive into madness for me what what i think the movie was trying to say was all of that stuff like looking into the past this is all paul's point of view and he can see everybody else as they are now and that's fine because he can see them, but the only person he can't see as they are now is Norman. And once I once I understood that, and I didn't take it as anything other than uh, when I took it as more than just uh, you know like so we know who each character is 
in the past. And that for me, it's all in Paul's head and he can, you know, visualize everybody else besides Norman. That's whenever yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it like kind of adds to like the the PTSD viewpoint yeah. of it of that idea of like, you know, for a lot of those a lot of those vets it was like, you know, uh when you leave Vietnam, you never really leave Vietnam or any war, I guess. Oh. In in that case it's kind of like one of those is kind of what I saw it as as well, like in tandem to exactly what you were saying. Oh yeah, whenever Eddie blew up in my in my head and i was even kind of whispering i was just saying oh but he got out he got out he survived i i was like in my head i'm like these guys survived they made it out of the war yet they came back and they died here like that's what i just kept going over and over in my head i'm like oh Mm -hmm. they made it oh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really powerful stuff it's really well done i agree i agree yeah devon did you have anything else you wanted to mention before we close shop uh I mean, it, I, it's not a spoiler. I guess I meant to mention the main show, but uh, the music. I absolutely love the... the I, or Actually, I didn't love the score. The score was kind of blah, but the use of Marvin Gaye uh, was really cool uh, throughout the film because um, I didn't realize how much of his lyrics kind of, you know, attribute to what was going on at that time. And, you know, I never really thought about that. So I really like the use of Marvin Gaye in it. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I agree. I think that that was an uh, inspired choice to do that in that way very nice um well there you go there's some uh th- some thoughts on more of the details of the five bloods uh so um as if everybody's everybody's good everybody got everything said they need to say mm-hmm. go and see it or stay and see it as yeah, the case may be <laughs> you don't have go to go into anywhere. the living room and see it <laughs> that's right go now to your local <laughs> living room and watch this movie uh it is powerful and worth it so thanks for sticking around appreciate you guys bye it's lunchtime at tim hortons and we're serving up a special deal just for you our new 5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips because what's lunch without a little crunch and the sandwich choice is all yours like a ham and swiss chipotle chicken wrap blt and more made to order just the way you like it Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.